0: Welcome to Drink Beer Think Beer the podcast that gets to the bottom of every pint. I'm John Hall. Beer bars play an important role in delivering a world-class experience while offering a curated list that can surprise, delight, or just be a comfort. This is our annual episode where we check in on the state of beer bars in America with a trio of publicans. But first, A reminder to go visit allaboutbeer.com. It's your place for original content geared towards beer enthusiasts and professionals. Go visit allaboutbeer.com to see the latest. And if you want to support us in this endeavor, we've set up a Patreon for both readers and professional companies in the beer space. Go check out patreon.com slash allaboutbeer to learn more. For additional audio content, you can search All About Beer on your podcast platform of choice, and you can listen to the shows that are now available, including the All About Beer podcast, Brewer to Brewer, and Beer Travelers. And if you're a fan of smoked beer, and well, I hope you are, why not check out This Week in Rauk Beer? The Facebook group is easy to search, and on Twitter and Instagram, we're at TWRaukBeer. We're able to bring you the show each week thanks to the companies that support independent journalism in the beer space. There are rates available for every budget, and it's a great way for your company to get in front of an engaged audience and help writers and content creators stay in business. You can learn more by emailing info at allaboutbeer.com. Speaking of that, this episode is brought to you by Pro Brewer. We're bringing original articles to probrewer.com twice a week, covering issues important to the beer industry and ones that are aimed at helping breweries of all sizes understand different facets of the business. You can check out our articles on probrewer.com every Tuesday and Thursday, and you can visit the site daily for other original content and to stay connected with the beer industry. 2022 offered more chances to get back out into the world. For the beer bars across the country, that is to say, the ones dedicated to well selected lists and impeccable service, they really showed how they are a necessary part of the beer landscape. Like tap rooms and restaurants, they're also facing hardships amid labor shortages and rising costs. I'm grateful to have three well respected publicans on the show this year to talk about their experience and to give us the state of beer bars in 2022. Roger Baylor is an entrepreneur, educator, innovator with 40 years of beer business experience in the metropolitan Louisville area as a bartender, package store clerk, brewery owner, restaurateur, writer, traveler, home brewing club founder, tour operator, and all-purpose contrarian. As co-owner between 1990 and 2018 of the New Albanian Brewing Company and Pizzeria and Public House in New Albany, Indiana. Baylor played a seminal role in Metro Louisville's contemporary beer renaissance. Since 2018, he's been the beer director at Pints and Union in New Albany, Indiana, programming the greatest hits of beer from the 1300s through the 2000s, and beginning in 2022 at Common House Hall in Jeffersonville, Indiana, which offers the metro area's largest selection of German drafts. Chris Quinn is the owner and founder of The Beer Temple, a specialty taproom and bottle shop in Chicago, Illinois. Chris graduated from the Siebel Institute as a master of beer styles and evaluation. He is a certified Cicerone, a BJCP national beer judge, and has been recognized as the industry professional of the year by the Chicago Tribune. He is also the host of the award-winning podcast called The Beer Temple Podcast. And Suzanne Shalo is co-founder of Craft Beer Seller, a modest group of craft beer bottle shops and tap rooms located throughout the United States from Vermont to Virginia to Florida. Suzanne is also director of operations for Craft Beer Initiative, Craft Beer Seller's flagship location in Belmont, Massachusetts, and now Trinktish, a beer hall for all, which is also located on the Belmont campus. Featuring 36 draft taps and a state-of-the-art draft system, The carefully curated style-focused beer list includes some of the best beer in the world. She is a beer educator at heart. Talking and teaching beer on a daily basis is par for the course for Suzanne. From proper glassware to daily conversations on history and styles, she can always be found preaching the gospel in Belmont. All three of them spoke to me via Zoom. Here's our conversation. What is the state of beer bars in twenty twenty two as we get to 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 the end of this year? what will what will you all remember as this year dealing out? And Suzanne, I'll throw that to you first.
1: Yeah. I mean, wow. Thanks, John. Uh, Put me under the bus there right away. Uh, (laughs) No one has any answers. Okay. Uh, None of us. And, you know, I think those of us who love this industry and love the liquid and, you know, have really um, loved it over time. Right. We're looking at this post, um, you know, post COVID times or post uh, apocalypse depends on how you, how you want to look at that? And we're just sort of trying to figure out, you know, how different is the mind of, of you know, the beer person? How different has our industry changed? It's changed a lot. We all know that. Styles have changed. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to roll the dice here, and, and you guys be nice to me for saying this, but I'm going to say that 2023 is the year that there becomes – a better appreciation or a greater appreciation for classic styles. I talk to people every day. I think people are starting to get, um, maybe it's their minds. Maybe it's their, maybe it's their concentration. Maybe it's their palates as well. They're starting to get a little bit kind of run over by all of this stuff that's kind of going on. And, uh, you know, even the hazies. Um, and I think there's some great, you know, New England style IPAs out there these days—it's pretty interesting. You know, speaking of the Midwest, um, we've got t- two other people on this on this podcast uh, here that are from that area that are producing some of the best, really, some of the best in the game. And that's not to say anything about New England; it's just to say that ten or fifteen years ago, we hadn't perfected the style. Now we've per- perfected the style, and we're watching—you know—people out of. I know Chicago in that area, you know, bring home gold medals. and It's pretty awesome to see, you know, from someone who's sort of based in the New England area. But all that said, I think people are starting, those that are new beer drinkers, let's say in the last two or three years, are curious about what they don't know, right? They're, they're sort of, they're seeing these articles, they're all all over the past four or five days people have been walking in and saying, I saw this in the Boston Globe. Um, there's a local writer here who does he maybe does some wrap ups a few times a year. And so they're bringing this piece of paper in and saying, you know, I don't, you know, so what's this, you know, Czech Style Pilsner and what's that mean? You know, so I think there there are great people that are pushing I'm pushing information out there that not, not everyone knows. So, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm hopeful probably uh, greatly as well. Uh, 2022 has been for, for us and Trinktish and, and, you know, in the restaurant and the, the beer hall side, it's been our best year, but that's because we opened in the middle of the pandemic. Right. Um, you know, we're, cr- we're crashing, crashing through draft pretty quickly. Uh, things are seeming to get back to what I knew them, you know, when I was last in the restaurant, this was about, you know, 12 years ago, but. Um yeah, I'm going I'm going education. I'm going all in on education, um seminars, pairings, classic styles for 2023.
0: Okay. You're giving me a lot to unpack as we keep going, but I wanna <laughs> uh ask Chris um the same question though of you know what you think twenty-two will be remembered for. What's the state of, of for, beer bars be- in your mind yeah, for twenty
2: two? For beer bars specifically, I think twenty-two. 22- is the year that people started to become comfortable in the new normal I think as as you know everybody is overusing that that term but I think we are in now uh, a post covid world and we're now seeing what these changes are going to be like and so many changes were happening so quickly in um you know 2019 2020 and then even into 2021 uh that this 2022 was the first kind of like baseline year that uh, that I could compare to 2019. I guess would be the last uh, yeah. fully normal year. So this is the the new normal year, is what I think. And uh, within that, um, I don't know if I'm I'm jumping ahead, but no. uh, I think there's a couple of things that that have been known for a little while, but but it doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. And that's one hours. Are different. Late night is just not the same. Not that it's completely gone, but late night bars are—you know—it's much more common to find a bar that closes uh, even before midnight than it is to find one that's open till well here in Illinois until two. Um, so that's one big thing: is people are um, not staying out as late. And the flip side of it is, they're still coming out. So it's it's more shifted um and in 2022 we're at um we're back to our 2019 numbers so we've kind of matched 2019 which to me is is a win uh and this is just on the on the bar side remember you know i know yeah or a couple of us have shops as well but on the bar side we're back to 2019 numbers and, but it doesn't feel like it, you know, I, I had to like look, look at the numbers a few times to really believe it because people would ask me and I'd say, I don't know, we're probably at like 85% of what we were. And then I ran the numbers and we were, you know, at a hundred percent of what we were huh. and because people are just drinking earlier now um, and not staying out as late, but they're still coming out. Um, and. I, I think, yeah, it's it's a return to some form of normalcy, although a new normalcy. And I also think it's a reset year for some things that have been getting really tired and played out in craft beer, and I'm happy to to see that. Like, I think events were so dead in 2019, like people were just over them, and people seem to be excited again about beer events and stuff like that. So that really helps for programming and stuff like that. So I'm excited going into the next year to really lean into that much like Suzanne mentioned.
0: That's cool. Roger, what's your, what's your take on how 22 is going to be remembered?
3: Well, before I go, I go to that, I think I should add, um, as part of the geographical uh, spacing we have here that I neglected to mention that I'm working in Southern Indiana right across the river from Louisville, Kentucky. So we are, um, probably as much south as we are north in that sense. You know, I was in Chicago last month to see a show Swade and Street preachers and I apologize Chris I, I know you were there but I didn't have we didn't have time we were only there for really a day made it up to Hopleaf and it was uh, one of the great highlights of my life but you definitely know that when you're at Hopleaf you're you're not in Louisville Kentucky <laughs> just want to <laughs> add that um for uh, for for 2022 for us so I'm working for sort of a mom and pop shop and we have the first of the two was started in, in 2018. And we've we've kind of come back to 2019 numbers. We're a little bit down from that, but that's primarily I think because of a lot of road and infrastructure construction projects that are just really wreaking havoc with us here this year. I think it's probably as much about that as anything. And I think the observations that Chris made about the hours that's totally spot on. And what Suzanne said about the styles and, and everything, I, I couldn't agree more with that. I'm, I'm really excited to, to maybe we can expand upon that a little bit because the founding, I, was ask you next, that yeah. I Yeah. The founding conceit that I had with Pines and union in 2018 was the beers were going to be the greatest hits of brewing from 1300s through the 2000s. And I didn't really want to even do an IPA where I couldn't get, couldn't get away with that. But, um, but we maybe we can return to that. For us in 2022, it has been that we're trying to start a new business doing a, a German portfolio and we cannot find workers. And it is going to be what I remember about 2022 is when I really started thinking about how much it has changed in the attitudes and not not in any negative sense, but it's just different. In the way that the, the what would be regarded, I think, is the traditional labor pool how different that is, and how we can't seem to get many of them anymore, and that has been a consistent thing that's held us back from, I think, making any progress this year, I believe. We made a lot, you know, uh, made amends with costs and various craziness and and the whole uh, post-pandemic realities and normality and all that, but we can't find anyone to work, and it's, uh, we you know, we can't work the hours we want, we can't, expand the days we'd like. And that's what I'm going to remember most from 2022.
0: Suzanne and Chris, ha- have you had similar labor issues this year?
2: Um, I am knocking on so much wood that I, you know, I'm just going to do yeah. all No, absolutely. We, no, we've been very, very fortunate. We actually added people during the pandemic and we lost nobody, but we seem to be very much the exception yeah I have a few ideas why that may be but yeah we've been we've been very fortunate Suzanne how about you
1: you're on mute we might have lost Suzanne nope you're back hello here I here I am (laughs) sorry about that guys Chris is an institution I was gonna say so and and good for you for not for not losing your staff I've heard that about a few others um, around the way, but um, not the same for us, uh, much like Roger, labor has been a challenge. We have a whole crew of new uh, beer curious, I think, uh, but they, they they don't have the chops. They don't have the, the backs, the backstories, the histories. Um, and so we're starting all over again, uh, trying to get them where we need them to be uh to be able to you know pour pour beer correctly and 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 also in the bottle shop side as well just right now getting us through the holidays i'm i'm grabbing people from the staff and saying stay behind the register and ring i'll take care of, I'll, you know i'll take care of the people on the on the floor you know that have the beer questions um, and or you know th- th- out of a staff of about 75 on both sides there's 10 of us or maybe 12 of us that know the product um largely everyone else is good and wonderful people but don't know beer so it's a it's a whole new beginning for for that side of things and
0: and and that's sort of the difference right between the types of bars that you all run and you know say going to like an applebees and and I'm not disparaging against anybody who works in an applebees but you don't necessarily have to know about the Miller light that you're pouring or the Boston lager that you're pouring, or, you know, even the local beers um, that a lot of those places have on, because I guess there's not a lot of people, I'm assuming there's not a lot of folks that are asking really detailed questions about the beer, like they might for you all. And having that, that education behind the bar is so much of the, is, is of the overall experience. And, and especially Roger with, with, a lot of the beers that you're pouring and uh with with your bars uh philosophy um both of them um the philosophy um that's got to be critically important right this to have that knowledge there
3: it has to be critically important or it is critically important and it needs to be furthered and we've we've had some problems with that too now we had at the at pines and union we've had some people who've been there for a while and a couple of whom are are really good so in in Similar to what Chris said, I mean, we we have had that much stability there. Trying to staff the new place and to do the German, yeah, that's been that's been a terrific headache. Is it, because it, it's I don't even know how to express it clearly, but it it has something to do with at least where we are here. It, it is the, the sort of people who even now want to work in a in a, you know a place like we have or places like we have. Um, and I don't see, you know, maybe I'm missing something here, but I, but I haven't seen, like we used to get people who were curious about that. I'm a home brewer. I want to learn more about this. Or, you know, I'm intrigued by this, this and that. and I mean, we have gotten more, maybe it's the right word, maybe it isn't, but, you know, we get more apathy all the way around. Yeah, I guess I'll work um i guess i'll work but yeah you know and then i i tell them things or i try to you know to teach them things and sometimes it sticks and sometimes it doesn't but there's not you know there's not a lot of enthusiasm about beer itself and that's the part that i've been i've been trying to figure out and i'm it may be because we have a lot more competition now in in the sense of you know metro louisville has 35 breweries, blows my mind on a daily basis you know for a lot of years we had five suddenly we have 35 and we have some other you know beer bars and we have other places that are doing you know 100 taps and things like that so maybe it's that maybe it's that that we're just competing for a limited pool of people who are interested in working the sort of job we have to offer
1: that may be the same for us uh roger as well I, I, i'm not sure either what what the what the reality is there but we're experiencing this the same and it's so interesting to me uh that for example we're using uh, a cloud a uh, point of sale system over in the beer hall. And we're I'm programming in, you know, uh, the, the, the ounce pour, but I'm also programming in like that. It goes in a 10 ounce bel- short Belgian tulip glass. Uh, Chris is probably laughing right now, but it's, it's <laughs> part of that is because they don't know what a short Belgian tulip glass is. Well, they do now because they've used mm-hmm. it a few times, but, Get you know it's this whole, you know we're sort of backing way up. and I think we have the reputation, you know, Kate and I certainly do as business people of being fair, uh, being fun, uh, this being the one of the best places to work in the area. We're constantly getting you know emails or application you know email, you know application type email inquiries for people that want to work. They do want to work. They're maybe a little bit younger you know high school. Uh, first or second year, maybe third year of college, they want to work. We've got people here, but the picking pool, I believe Roger's onto something there. The the pool of people that were homebrewers or beer aficionados or beer interested um, or knowledgeable at all is just either reduced or there are more breweries and, and places that are pulling from the small number that were there. Chris, you had mentioned
0: that you might have some thoughts as to why you've been fairly lucky through 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 all of this um, staffing wise. Can can you expand on that a little bit?
2: Well, yeah, I think uh, one of my weaknesses, maybe I fell into a strength in that I can't focus on anything, and I'm always doing a million different things. So I have the bottle shop, and I have the um, the the tap room, and then I started getting into corporate work. Obviously, that completely died when all the offices closed. But then um, I started doing uh, virtual events. And then a lot of uh, event planners uh, local to here were were knocking on my door because they were desperate to find something to do. And uh, we found other work for, uh, for people. Um, and we pivoted and started doing um, delivery. Um, and I turned my bartenders into delivery drivers during the time that they were down and, and, uh, they all kind of stuck it out. And I was also able to give them, um, pay and benefits that exceeded what they were going to be getting. If they were, um, you know, uh, just take taking some time off and, and using some of the benefits, uh, that were coming through, uh, from, from the government during the Uh, you know, for all the shutdowns and stuff like that. So um, I think that has something to do with it. I think there's a lot of loyalty um, to the, not not to me, but to the, to the business and to each other. Um, And I think it's because, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you can take too good care of people. I don't think that's possible, but I think I I really took care of them. And I know when I, I mean, my first employee, I ever had, I gave him, uh, healthcare before I was even really taking much of a, uh, uh, of a salary myself. So there's just some things that, that we did and, and people kind of stuck it out with us and it was kind of like a, a sink or swim, uh, feeling. So I, I was very fortunate that one, we could put people to work. And also that I think we had some, some brownie points built up and now we have, um, yeah just bartenders who have been with us for uh for a long time and and I've got two people who've been with us in probably 7 8 years uh now so um just just I think that's kind of what it why I think in my situation I was able to to take advantage of it I guess or or kind of come out a little bit more lucky than others
0: Roger touched on something that I wanted to um to, to, to go back to is there now with, with the growth of breweries, um, and how many are in the metro area down by you these days. Uh, and certainly Chicago has a ton of breweries in uh, the greater Boston area, uh, does as well. Uh, the brewers association put out numbers that there's 9,500 breweries operating in the country right now. And I, I'm wondering how the relationship between, Tap rooms and beer bars has evolved or grown apart or solidified in the last couple of years in 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 your all mind because if you have people who are saying okay I want to be in beer but maybe they're going to a tap room to work instead of going to to a beer bar
2: um, totally hundred percent that happens
0: yeah so how do you employees aside how do you stay relevant or how do you stay part of the conversation or uh, move the conversation, you know, to, to remind or even introduce a, a lot of new drinkers, you know, I'm thinking of like the, you know, the early 20s um, that are going to tap rooms, but maybe not going to, going to bars. Um, how, how, how are those conversations going of trying to, you know, remind people of like, well, you can get beers from, you know, 12 different breweries here, you know, not just five different variations on a hazy from one place. And again, that's broad brush kind of thing. Um, I'm going to have all of the Applebee's fans and all of the the hazy IPA fans mad at me after this show, but, um, I'm with you there. There's nothing wrong
2: with, with Applebee's. There's nothing wrong with hazy beer. You know, there's a time and a place for all that stuff, but, um, I, I don't want to, uh, jump on top of, of anyone else. But yeah, obviously you've had uh Michael Roper of the Hop Leaf on here uh in the past and he's very, very outspoken. So it's it's nice that I can play good cop to his bad cop when he's talking about the the tap room situation here in Chicago. Um not that I haven't been outspoken myself, but it, it's been something that's been going on for for years. Um and I think the the bars have now I think realized um the the nature of some of this competition i'm I'm very interested to hear what roger and suzanne have to say but on on our side um we're very much watching and seeing how the local breweries are working with us um because there's more than one way that you can help foster a relationship with with one of your you know retail partners um and you know I think the days of of somebody using um uh, like distribution or retail to kind of get the word out about themselves, then opening up a tap room and pul- pulling all their beer back in house um, are are over, at least for us. That, that's done. We just don't we still just won't work with with breweries who did that to us, but others who have. Um, so hop butcher is a a really popular brewery here in Chicago. They just opened their tap room and we're all very interested to see how it works now. Like how does their beer now pull on draft and in the bottle shop now that they've opened and we're going to have to, um, you know, act accordingly. Some of the other things that we do uh, and have always done is not just 12 beers, but, but I mean, oh, you think that. Pilsner's a really good, well, here, why don't you have this one? Um, And it's from, you know, maybe it's Pivo Pils from uh, California or Stomtisch from Urban Chestnut. Um, Or maybe, hey, you know what? Germans and Austrians and Czechs make really good lagers too, by the way. And sometimes you put those on and when we get them in really good condition, we let people know that rare can mean multiple things, you know, rare can mean the same pastry stout that comes out every week. It just happens to have a different name and come from a different brewery. Some would call that rare. I would say rare beer is not rare that way. But if you have a month old keg of, I don't know, uh, Vice Stefan like how often does that come in? Not very often. So we kind of play that up and then the quality speaks for itself. And we can say, if you can get a better local pills, by all means, drink it and let us know because we'll put it on. But we have the best that's around right now. So that's how we've kind of reacted to it. Suzanne, how about you all?
1: This Because I know uh, Roger's
0: list is a little bit different and I want to talk about that, but yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is not the most popular opinion, uh, but and, and some may you know, consider it a little loud. I, I actually would share with you all that a brewer said to me probably six or seven years ago in conversations about um, how, you know, we continued to work together as they were opening a tap room and pulling business from not only our retail stock store or, or shop at that time, but from others. Uh, and I don't really remember who it was. I'll, I'll think about it after. and and I, I think it doesn't matter, um, honestly, uh, they, but, but they said, well, I didn't choose that business. I chose this business. So basically best of luck to you. Um, you know, as we watch tap rooms open and pull, you know, pull that business. Uh, we, we said to ourselves, you know, when it started happening, I guess this was, yeah. I mean, really in the Boston area, we started to see these, these tap rooms flourish seven, eight years ago. And we said to ourselves as we were watching tap rooms open and we said, well, they're not really restaurant people. You know, the funny thing is that they're brewers um, and, you know, we're, seeing all, all of these things and hearing all of this, you know, and customers would come in and say, you know, gosh, the food's really horrible <laughs> or, um, you know, this big debate of, you know, kids and dogs and, you know, there's, there, there's a million things. Um, of course that could happen in a restaurant as well, but we just said, Hey, look, we're going to, we're going to tighten our belt and we're going to focus on what we do well as Chris has, has, uh, highlighted for us, uh, We have excellent, you know, Belgian style Dubels from all over, including, you know, some some places in the states and and from Belgium alike. And yeah, this brewery does that really well. But hey, have you tried this one? And this one's like super dry, like like that one. This one has you know, some, a really strong, like dried plum character. And, you know, you get people sort of reinterested in, Oh yeah. I mean, I, it, it, this is the reason that I, I come to this place because yeah. they're so knowledgeable and, and, and they have, you know, b- beers from you know, 500 breweries, not just one it's offering, you know, 10 one. or 12.
2: Suzanne, one thing that you said just reminded me, um... Uh, of something that has changed a little bit as a result of the pandemic as well. And that's, um, I think a lot of things came to some of these uh, breweries. Um, it came to light for some of them when all of the bars and the tap rooms were shut down, but the bottle shops and the distribution outlets were not. And um, it it was a little bit of a of an awakening that oh, uh, some of these retail partners may be. I may need them uh, more than I realized. There may come a time when I want them uh, to to help me grow uh, my business. And I'm curious if any of anyone came to you who really wasn't uh, that available uh, before, but you know, now that they're not getting these uh, these sweet draft room uh, uh, tap room margins, if they if they came to you when everything was shut down and and tried to get your, uh, your help, uh, to maybe move some of their package.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, as, as I say, this, uh, shrink Dish is pouring Hill Farmstead Edwards right now. And previously that's been a product that was only available with Alec and Sherry, or should I say the awesome Alec and Sherry, um, of Armsby Abbey, uh, rightfully deserved and a good friend of Sean Hill's obviously. And we know Sean well, and, You know, he had really wanted to keep his products at Armsby Abbey and Worcester, Mass only and has done that exclusively since he's sent products into another state. I know he's probably dipped his toe into maybe the Philly market, maybe the New York City market a little bit. But yes, Chris, I mean, you know, the reality is that exactly as you said, when the pandemic hit and there were no draft lines uh, to help support uh the movement and the selling of some of these uh some of these draft only situations or you know what have you uh yeah i think they i think brewers said oh shit you know let me let's 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 see if we can send some packaging in fact we our our number one bill beer on the bottle shop side in 2020 was a beer we'd never had of course we'd had it It was delicious uh, but it was only available in, in draft in massachusetts at the time and they pivoted quickly because they had beer in tanks and said, well, what are you going to do with this? I was putting cans and sent it into the state and, um, uh, you know, we, we kind of got behind it.
2: Um, what, what was the beer?
1: Fiddlehead, IPA. Oh, okay.
2: I was a little bit more kind of a master. master. Uh, if, if people came to me, uh, you know, if I was working with them before and they were working with me then I did all I could, but there were some others where I was like, uh, oh, man, maybe somebody else, but Sorry, man. Good luck. Best, best of luck with that.
1: Yeah. It's a tricky one for sure. Uh, man. Yeah, it it is. And, you know, I could use Trillium as that example here in this market. And, you know, we know JC and Esther well, but, you know, it's kind of been, you know, they distributed first, you know, when they were in the little brewery just in in the Fort Point area. And then all of a sudden, you know, they were only distributing to, Oh, 12 bottle shops. Let's say, or, or stores around this city, and then they would get daily calls. And, you know, I'm sure that were harassing. Like, why can't I get it? And Why can't I get it? And I think, I don't know for fact, but I think they just got tired of dealing with it, and said, "We're gonna pull it back. We're gonna pull it all back." They do a little draft, you know, at a few places around. But you know, what will we do? And, and they sent us a little bit of product uh, during during the pandemic. But what will we do if that time comes again, where they say, hey, you know, we'd love for you to carry this product. It's, it's, there's, I mean, in this case, there's so many great, you know, time has passed. Now we've got a bunch of brewers who have perfected their skill. And, you know, at some point, you know, Trillium was top of the top around here, Trillium Treehouse, but that may not be the case anymore. There's some really great liquid. uh, that that, Get ready for that.
2: Yeah. I'd get ready for that conversation, Suzanne, because I think they will be coming to you shortly. I know they're dropping in Chicago. They're doing their first drop ever. uh, I think this week, believe it or not. And
0: Wisconsin too, right?
2: Yeah. They did that. I think a month ago or maybe two months ago, something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's some strategy there though. Cause I see, I see the alchemists do that as well. You know, they, they, they take a (laughs) couple pallets and drop it in LA. You know, (laughs) we had a store out there for a while and he was like, why don't you have this? And I was like, because they don't feel like, probably, they don't feel like, you know, the the beatings that they have to take, you know, from whether it's distributors or retail accounts or whether that's on or off premise. But I would assume, and, in fairness and respect to the positions that they're in, it's it's a bit of a beating when you're in your home market and not everybody gets it, right? I don't know. I think there's something also to say that that's sort of a reward. You know, you look out there or you trust your distributors, you know, whoever it is, and you say... I want this in the best 12 accounts and I, you know, so so define best 12 accounts, you know, is that people that respect the trade? Is that people that know beer? Is that people that take care of it the best? Is it, are they your biggest sellers? I mean, you know, we get asked all the time about Bourbon County. It's like, well, we'll get a little bit, but you don't see stacks of Bud Light on our floor. And (laughs) that's the stuff that drives the dollars.
0: Um. Roger, i knowing your uh, draft list and 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 the beers that you have on offer um which are are rooted largely in in history and and you made a pretty glancing uh mention that you didn't want any IPAs um uh, uh, originally um where do your bars fit into this conversation where does the pines and union common house fit in um with you know
3: yeah, Speaking I,
0: to I, the to the customers that are going to uh, to tap rooms to brewery tap rooms and getting you know whatever is popular at the moment.
3: Well, I think I think I fit in where I've always fit in, or we fit in there, which is somewhere out on the periphery, somewhere, <laughs> which is um, just being the only the only firm thing I think I've ever learned from being in business is that I want to be different, and if everybody's doing the same thing, then I need to strongly consider doing something else. And that doesn't mean you don't um, play the game. It doesn't mean you don't, you know, do a bit of the undertow there, but you try to differentiate. And so, you know, pretty much everything that I'm that I'm doing these days is sort of this conscious with my owner Joe Phillips and his wife Regina that they're they're on board with this is that we're just kind of turning the clock back to the way things were 35, 40 years ago when I first started doing this, when it wasn't a question of whether you'd sell imports or you know. Uh, micro brews at the time, it was imports only because there weren't any micro brews to sell in this part of the country at that point in time. So it's like, I've just traveled down this long and winding road and come back this big full circle back to where I started, which is, okay, I've always been a Europhile. I'm pretty much convinced that, you know, in 1960, the store, you know, dropped me in the wrong continent. I should have been somewhere else. And I've gone through my period of owning the brewery and gone through my period of making IPAs and and gone through all that and kind of come back down to where I started and noticed that what I really know the most about and what I'm best at probably is, um, you know, telling stories about these these classic beers that, that that's currently very undervalued and um, hopefully going to become more valued as, as Suzanne suggested earlier. So that's where I want to be. So for, you know, in Louisville Metro, I think there's a couple of things that just really brief points to make is that to begin with we're still in the stage of development here that we are uh you know all the the rising tide is lifting all the boats i mean it's not like that there might be 35 breweries in metro louisville there might be some good beer bars but you know it doesn't mean that most people are drinking these sorts of beers and so we're still at that stage always have been at that stage and probably always will of having to tell the stories and and do the explanations and and try to try to find wherever they come from of someone who's interested in what what i or we have to say and it's a little bit more complicated for us here you know in indiana because we're on we're on the north side of the ohio river and most of the city of louisville is on the south side of the river and so of course there's two completely different regulatory regimes and you know a different slate of wholesalers um you know, we haven't touched upon you know, uh, the wholesalers yet and that would give another glancing blow to my traditional antipathy you know, when it's a war on Christmas, whatever, but if it's a war on wholesalers and I want to enlist, show me where to sign up. <laughs> so it's been the uh, bane of my existence. But you know, but that makes it doubly difficult because I can't just buy a keg of beer from a brewery five miles away as a crow flies. That's got to come through a wholesaler someplace. They have to distribute in Indiana. So I can't support. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be able to help support most of the breweries in in Metro Louisville because I can't get their beer. So to me, it, it's only about what I can get. It, it, I, it, I don't even think about things that I can't get. Um, looking back to your roster of guests for the the, um, the um, podcast this year, some of which I listened to, you know, there's there's great stories and I love it. Except that, you know, they're somewhere else. They're in Missouri or they're in New Mexico. It, it, it no longer means anything to me. And ironically, though, I can get a beer from Germany. I can get a beer from England. Or from Belgium, so that's that's that does interest me. Then, so I think it's just trying to to set up some program of being different, and and having the strength of uh, your convictions that you're going to just you're just going to keep talking about this, and people are going to realize at some point that that uh, that that integrity is real. And if I get some beer that doesn't taste good to me, no, I won't sell it. I'll send it back and say no, this is bad. You know, I, I'll I'll do that. And I think the people after all these years. Uh, basically trust me to do that. I hope they do at least. And um, and I just go from there with that. Um, yeah, I think that's all, all i got to say about that. Yeah. I was just going to
1: add some incredible beer from Germany and Belgium. It's not like, Roger, it's not like you're, you're buying beer that's not top of its game and has been being produced for, you know, five or 600 years. I, I feel the same way, you know, you get on that, I'm on that, Sometimes I feel like I'm on a planet on my, you know, kind of on my own, just sort of hanging out with myself, you know, and that people don't understand it. But I think you said it well, and I'll I'll say it again, which is you do your own thing. And if you believe in something that's wonderful and you keep talking to enough people about it, eventually people are going to come back around and say, yeah. He, you know, Roger's been saying this for a long time. Suzanne's saying this, Chris is saying this, this beer is good. Uh, this is a, this is a brewery that we should, you know, we should focus on.
2: One one thing in 2023 that worries me slightly about that. And I, I agree wholeheartedly with, with both of you. Um, we've always um kept, uh, we've always um had a very kind of front and center that, that, you know, We have world-class beer that we don't have this cult of local here we love local beer as well but now we're starting to see the realities of this uh, keg shortage in in germany Uh, and i'm curious if that keeps up and if some of these breweries don't go to one ways or or plastic or something like that if that makes it difficult to get um as much import beer as as we hope to. I'm curious, Roger, have you seen any issues yet with not being able to in Chicago? We, we definitely have.
3: I, you know, I haven't seen any issues with it yet. I mean, there's this whole litany, as you know, you know, it's a keg shortage here and it's a CO2 shortage. I mean, we can go down the whole list and it's the war and the energy shortages and, and everything. So I try to, I try to keep abreast of it. I mean, we just got in you know, the freshest shipment of Paul Honor and Hockershaw eggs that have come in for ages. Uh, and, you know, the, the price hasn't gone up. And I'm knocking on wood here, hoping that Monarch Ray is isn't listening. The, um, you know, the price hasn't even gone up for two years. So I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm again, I'm knocking on wood. I'm saying all these things could happen. You're absolutely right. And I don't know what that means, except that, you know, I'm also in this whole context of, of local things, the ones that we can get. Well, I know that shipping port Brewing Company over in Louisville, who we can get that that uh, immediately is doing some German styles. I know that against the grain, Jerry Nagy does, does uh, you know, German styles. If push comes to shove, if it ever comes down to that, you know, and I need to get some German beers for a German restaurant, then I, I think I can still do it. You know, Jerry and I collaborated with the uh, Smoke lager. That is, you know, not selling as fast as I would like, John. It's it's outrageous. It's outrageous
0: that Ralph Beer isn't doing better than it should. Yeah. Than it is. is, Yeah. Uh,
3: But, you know, we've collaborated on some things and so I'm I'm fairly confident that. that, and, And one good reason, I think, that for maintaining good relations all the way around, which runs contrary to what some people would say about my career, is that. I, I do try to be diplomatic and I think, you know, I, I get along with all the brewers around here. And so maybe they don't come to Indiana right now. Well, maybe they could if, again, if, if push comes to shove and somebody's making a decent lager over in Louisville, it's like, okay, you know, let's talk about it and figure out a way to get it here. Until then I'll go with what my first instinct is. But yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, I, I watch that all the time. Hmm.
1: We've touched on classic styles um, a bit, and
0: I'm I'm wondering how it works communicating. You know, some of these world class beers that you have, some of these beers that have been around for uh, for decades or longer, and truly identify uh, or 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 uh, you know the the benchmark of the style, they're the the platinum standard of a style. Um, how those conversations go with newer drinkers um or even you know folks who who are uh, trying to expand their palates a little bit um versus with what's out there today you know they, i hear a lot of this conversation about um you know hazy ipas and it's tough to go back to west coast ipas because of the uh, the perceived bitterness is that much stronger um you know what's the what are the conversations that that you all try to have or try to in the limited time that you have with with the education part of why a lot of these classic styles matter. That's a jump ball for anybody. Yeah.
1: I was just going to offer that, you know, I'm, so I'm six feet tall and, you know, I'm, I'm a bit taller than most. So I, you know, I kind of just get a little loud sometimes and, you know, I do it in a fun way, but I think one of the things that's been real fun for me is, is to just sort of, you know, say to somebody, you know, this is, this is the benchmark for the style or, and, you know, you get a little loud, you get 10 or ten or so people in, in in the bottle shop because people are holiday shopping right now or whatever. And the next thing you know, you have 10 or ten or 15 people buying that beer because they're listening. And I'm sort of, you know, kind of, you know, uh, extroverted a, a little bit when it comes to these things that, you know, I love to talk about stuff. I've You know, we've sold a lot of Augustine uh, or Edelstoff or Light or whatever they call it over here. But... And 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 that's one of the reasons because I really even though it's slightly outside of the style parameters I really think that's that beer is you know sort of the platinum standard as you said John for for this Hellas style beer that we've come to know and love and you know we're watching people turn into loggers and lean into loggers a little bit but I think there's some interest there and I think it's both young and old right so we've got we've got the young um, inexperienced uh, uh, craft beer or beer curious, uh, person that's, you know, hasn't, ha- you know, they haven't gone very deep themselves and they're, they're, they're curious and they walk into a store like, you know, ours, you know, any, 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 anyone here on this, you know, show this, the extensiveness of which we, you know, offer beers to the public. I think sometimes people are just, uh, taken, taken aback in a, in a, in a great way. Know, really shocked. to hear that all the time. Oh my God, you know, this is like Disneyland. Uh you know, holy shit, you have so much stuff. And you know, there's it's not without its challenges. I mean, you know, for sure. And then as I was listening to Roger and the war, as he calls it, you know, it's like also, you know, there are other things, we can run down a rabbit hole and talk about what, what things have affected, you know, what we're getting here or what we're going to continue getting here. And we just keep fighting for it. I mean, one of the things that that we're doing right now is pre-order 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 way out in advance you know we're working off of a you know an excel spreadsheet or whatever for for the for the for the beer hall where we're you know four or five you know columns deep and we have to i could have never imagined a time when we were doing that but you know we're ordering a fullers esb and it's arriving 6 months later and I don't know why that is. I mean, I have some idea, yeah. but it could be one of, you know, one of a bunch of things. fuller so, has been the biggest problem
3: I've had, Fuller's, for uh, try, trying to do ESB and Pride and Porter, all three, at Pines and Union all the time. And right now, it's Christmas, and it's, uh, you know, the best time of year to showcase it, and I don't have either, uh, any of them right now. And it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I've tried my damnedest to get, you know, ahead of that curve, but I haven't been able to do it.
2: Yeah, I think those styles are particularly difficult because they tend to be a little bit um, delicate as well. Um, And it's funny, though, um, kind of looping that as well as what what you were mentioning before, John, like how do we talk to people about this or get them to try something different? Um, I think people want to try different things. Um, The uh, palate fatigue for hazy is full on. Um, a hazy is not going anywhere and I'm almost seeing the big guys, um, lean into it more. And that's allowing the smaller players to diversify. And and they're doing that with IPA and they're also doing it with other styles. I mean, uh, we've had several times recently where, um, we haven't had a single hazy IPA on for you know a few days at a time until something else you know is kicks and we we put on a hazy um and people have have loved it our best-selling ipa last year um was uh, when we got a drop of uh, beechwood amalgamator which was a west coast style and you know when you get uh that from a brewery who's been doing it year after year after year and not just an occasional once or twice a year batch. Uh, and they taste how amazing it can be. It kind of opens their eyes to that. A lot of different styles, even within IPA, um, and maybe sub-styles in that case, are are good. And for uh, ESBs, bitters, milds, uh, we've had a, a nice little resurgence, and we've had local breweries who are interested in doing cask program, um, which was so hard huh. to do. Uh, our cask has taken off and when we have uh, a, an especially good cask on it'll be as uh, hot as anything on the board it's amazing john it wasn't just like <laughs> i was really going to make a, a joke of cask. like your cask has taken off you know three people showed up um but no no, no, no mean, it sounds like you are yeah. like ripping multiple casks uh, a week and and that's for great. us that's um that's really great you that's know great. and for everybody that's cool really thing. great yeah The fewer adjuncts, uh, the more adjuncts that are in the beer, the slower it moves. They want classic bitters, uh, even ESBs. Like they, they want an, they want a bitter. They don't even want an extra special bitter. They want something that is sessionable. Maybe that's because people are drinking earlier now, and they don't want to, you know, they they want to get into more that that session mindset. Um, And I also think it's the the show, the presentation of of hand pulling the beer. And uh, it looks so good as you're getting that cascade and people see it much like Suzanne was saying, when she kind of gets loud and, and starts talking about a beer, how it, it results in, in multiple sales. Um, we've noticed mul- uh, many times how people just be ordering a beer. As soon as somebody uh, orders something on cask, the cask just starts going and going and going. People see it and they want, they want that kind of experience of something you can't get anywhere else other than at a a pub that's it's the yeah. only place you can get that
3: that's like the best thing i've heard today i love that it's so good <laughs> to hear because we yeah. don't no one does it here metro louisville is just death for cask as it always has been but it's really great to hear that but i wanted to throw in, i wanted to congratulate chris for bringing up the point about sessionability. Yeah, that is, that is so important, and I'm so glad he said that because that has been what I have been trying to do the last few years. I, I want to get some sessionable beers on tap, and I want to keep them there. And I don't I don't rotate, you know, I don't rotate every tap. I have I have the number of taps I have to use, but I try to keep things. I want to develop a following for some of these things, and most of those those uh, beers are going to be session se- session strength. I mean, I think Lou Bryson is poised for a comeback here if he's paying attention to this
0: oh he doesn't listen to this that's fine Um, we'll we'll alert him uh uh to it um suzanne i i I saw you on mute and i thought you were going to jump in there
1: you know i might have been i I was going to praise the cask uh as well and just say here here you know to the drinking earlier in the day i think chris um I think he pointed to it earlier uh, when he said, you know, one of the reasons that we've seen a downturn in, you know, in, in, in some of the, the, you know, the beer bar business or the restaurant side is that people aren't out late. And, and so, yeah, you know, we're seeing people, you know, dip their toe into, you know, the sessionability of beers a little bit more in the, in the late afternoon, early afternoon. So, yeah, I love that. I I don't know that cask is doing too, too much in the Boston area, but hopefully we'll, Maybe we'll tackle that here ourselves. We we have some experience with Cascade. Um, we just put out some 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 info last week that our favorite beer, literally of 2020, uh, was a 5.4% uh, pale ale. And one of the reasons that that beer is phenomenal, and that you know, we sort of put that out as just sort of a drop, just to say, hey, this is our favorite beer of 2020. And you know, it it happens to be a bit of a hazy pale ale not my go-to style but you know you have to applaud a brewery like that that's putting a beer out that to some of its parts everything wonderful whether it's food or beverage we all know that is a is a perfect balance um for for the ingredients you know that are that are that are in the beer so um i i'm with you 100% roger i'm 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 uh, applauding you and and um my fingers are crossed as well. I'm going to keep doing that as well. Uh, putting lower ABV things in front of people that they can enjoy several of instead of, you know, these, these big yes. double or triple.
0: Yeah. I'm God just so
3: excited. Him. There's other people out there that I'm not alone. Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All it took was getting on a zoom call with, uh, <laughs> wow. with other smart folks. Um I'm mindful of the time and the businesses that you all have to run. So um, I want to ask each of you the green door question, uh, as this is the last episode of the year. Uh, The premise, for those who are not aware, is at the beginning of the pandemic, my wife and I started rewatching The Good Place, uh, the television show. And in the final season, they introduced the concept of the green door that you can walk through and be anywhere, at any place, at any point in history. And... So it got me thinking that if we had such a door on our plane of existence and this conversation ended and you could walk through it and go to any pub or any brewery anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? Who would you want to be with? And what would you like to be drinking? And Roger, I'm going to start with you.
3: (laughs) Well, you know... I'd like to answer the question because I did think about this and you know, we were, we were just in Athens in September and, you know, spend some time in the Agora, but that's not a pub and it's not a brewery. So, you know, I, I would, I would be tempted to say, I just want to get dropped down in the Agora when Socrates is alive and then take my chances with whatever there might be to drink. But you know if I'm to be more, more consistent with the, the intent of the question, I think that that would be, put me in Prague, probably before World War One. So let's say the early part of the 1900s, put me in Prague. And I mean, it, a lot of the pubs, I suppose, are still the same. I could go to Uflaku or I could go to yeah. wherever, you know, somebody, somebody selling the beer. I think I, would, I think I would like that. That'd be my answer.
0: I dig it. Suzanne, what about you?
3: At the end of the day,
1: I'm drinking a Belgian beer or a German wheat beer uh, or doppel, you know, doppelweed, something like this. I love this esoteric, fruity, crazy yeast. So that'll always be the beers that I pull. Um, I love lagers as well. I've got friends all over Europe. I think I'd be. You know, just a quick turn in Belgium, Mechlin, maybe. Uh, Het Anker having a meal, drinking their, you know, 6% or 6.2% blonde that they don't send over. Um, and eating mussels and laughing for, for hours into the night with, with good friends.
3: That sounds delightful. That's a great town. Love that town.
2: Yeah, me too, Chris. Hmm. Well, I I think I could go two ways, which is uh not allowed. Um, uh, I don't if know I if there's going, rules actually. Right. I mean, All just, right. Well, yeah. if I'm going, if I'm I mean Roger, Roger easy. kind of broke them, and then right. Suzanne like, gave nine answers. Right. So, <laughs> so I mean, if I it, just to to kind of uh, <laughs> uh, scratch uh, a beer itch that I've is is impossible to know nowadays i'd love to go to maybe somewhere like uh barclay perkins in uh or or go to one of their pubs in london in the early 1800s and see what porter tasted like when it was the most popular style Ooh, in the yes. world that would be very yes. interesting cuz nobody knows what this style actually yes. tasted like that would be really cool
3: that's brilliant uh,
2: um or i would love to be in uh the early eighties, uh, um, in Chico, maybe in, uh, uh, Sierra Nevada's first draft draft account with Ken Grossman, right. As he's getting off the ground and has no idea what that beer is going to become. I would love to just sit there and drink that beer with him and just kind of, I don't know, have a conversation with him. I dig it. Well,
0: if we ever get time machines or, uh, easier travel yeah. i hope that all happens for all three of you not only my breath for those two yeah <laughs> <laughs> suzanne roger chris thanks to all three of you for uh giving us peeks inside of what's happening inside of your bars and uh your bottle shops in in, in 2022 and um i hope it's a good 2023 for you all and that uh you'll all come back at some point to uh keep us updated but if anybody's in uh boston or southern indiana or chicago please go um please go visit these spots because I I enjoy all of them and all of the people who run them. So uh, fully endorsed, but thank you all for, for, for doing this this week.
1: Thanks, John. Thank you, John. What's a
0: beer bar you think everybody should visit in 2023? You can let me know about it via email or on Twitter at John underscore Hall. And that email address is John Hall, J-O-H-N-H-O-L-L at allaboutbeer.com. All About Beer is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just follow along at All About Beer. And of course, This Week in Rauk Beer is also online. You can search Facebook for the group. It's pretty easy. And on Twitter and Instagram, we're at Beer. We are able to bring you this show each week thanks to the companies that want to support independent journalism in the beer space. If you would like to learn more about our surprisingly affordable rates, please reach out to info at allaboutbeer.com. Speaking of that, this episode is brought to you by Pro Brewer. We're bringing original articles to probrewer.com twice a week, covering issues important to the beer industry and aimed at helping breweries of all sizes understand different facets of the business. You can check out our articles on probrewer.com every Tuesday and Thursday, and you can visit the site daily for other original content and to stay connected with the beer industry. Finally, all about beer has a podcast channel now you can search and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice still this beer has new episodes every monday and the byo nano podcast comes out on the 15th of every month and don't forget to go visit allaboutbeer.com as for this show Mate Weber does the music jeff quinn designed our logo and i'm john hall new episodes release every wednesday and that's when i'm going to be back again to drink beer and to think beer